Support for Talking Art on WVIK comes from the people at Quad City Bank and Trust, helping the local community with their banking and financial needs for more than 20 years. Information is at qcbt.com. Support also comes from the estate of Margaret Skinner, a longtime friend of WVIK and lover of the arts. This is Carolyn Martin, and I'm talking art today with Tiffany Beal, the owner of Codfish Hollow, a unique, and many people would say magical, music venue outside Makokota, Iowa. And also with Heather Housengay, a professional artist and art teacher who manages the other art vendors who were there during the show. So welcome, Tiffany and Heather. Thanks Thanks. for having us. We are outside right now, standing um, and sitting on the second stage, which is used during several of the festivals. Before we start, I would like to try to describe for those listeners who have not had the chance to go there yet what the Codfish Hollow experience is like, um, because it is quite dramatic. You you leave the town of Makokota, you have to travel approximately five miles, three of which is on a gravel road, and the countryside's beautiful. It's, there are these rolling, gentle hills, um, there are a lot of wooded areas, and then you kind of crest the hill, and off to your left, you'll see this field where, where there will be sometimes hundreds of cars and campers parked, and it's such a surreal, um, strange, but really exciting experience to realize that you're discovering this, this, uh, this hidden place, if you will. Once you park your car and there are people in the uh, parking lot um, eating and drinking and socializing, the uh, way you arrive at Codfish is really unique. Uh, and that's by way of a tractor pulled by uh, Marvin. Tiffany, how long have you known Marvin? Um, Marvin held me when I was born. Yes, he did. Uh, Marvin Marvin used to live in my grandparents' basement at my house now um, from the time he was 14. And he worked for my grandpa, and then he worked for my dad, and now he drives the hay rack for us during barnstormers. Well, it's really fabulous to climb up onto that hay rack, and he is so kind. And he pulls you with all these strangers down into the, uh, into the venue. Um, the venue itself is really special. The music is played from this barn uh, that was built in the in the 1950s, and that's been in this farm. I should say has actually been in your family since the late 1800s. Yeah, since 1871. It was my grandpa's grandpa came over here from Germany and built a um, log cabin. Uh huh. And then your grandfather built the the barn itself, where the um, where the music is played. And uh, I heard a story that once it was constructed, they actually had and held a barn dance there. Um, so music has been part of this place for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we heard stories about it. Um, we aren't sure if it was just the neighbors bringing fiddles and banjos. You know, my grandpa played harmonica, and they just had a little barn dance to celebrate when it was finished. So it was in 2009, I believe, um, after you're approached by Sean Muller to participate in his Barnstormer project that you held your first concert. Describe how you pulled this off at the beginning. I mean, what, what did you need to do initially to the barn and your property to make this happen? Um, well, Sean Muller came out and looked at the barn and said, yeah, let's, let's use this barn and it needs to be ready to go in 10 days because that's <laughs> when the tour starts. And we were the first show on the tour. Uh-huh. So, so what, what was in the barn? What were you using it for at that point? Um, well, the farmers were, we rented um, farmers that were using it. There was cows down below. Um, where the bars are now in the green room and everything. We had to take the cows out uh, so they weren't mooing during the show. And then um, up above in the barn, it was about 
a third full of hay. So we had to um, get most of the hay out. Um, so yeah, and we did that and cleaned it up a little bit, strung some Christmas lights. Um, there was no stage, no sound booth, none of the, that fancy stuff, you know, and we just well, had the concert 10 days later. Well, you've, you've come a long way because now this like crescent shaped kind of half circular barn um, has a great sound system, has a stage, it's just a delightful place to see music. Uh, for those people who don't want to be in the barn, if it's too loud, if it's too crowded, if it's too hot, there's this beautiful um, hillside where you can sit. People bring chairs, and it's such a special venue in that, I, you know, I have seen really small children here, and yet I've seen retired people here as well. Um, everybody just kind of enjoying the scene. Um, there's food, there's drinks, there's art, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, so you've really uh, created uh, quite a place. Um, after your first few shows, word started spreading quickly about your place, uh, both from the people attending the concerts, but also because band members were really giving you a shout out. Uh, and that momentum uh, built to the point where you are now, where you're able to bring big name musicians uh, out here to this relatively remote, beautiful and, and rural spot. So, um, and in 2012, I believe, uh, the frontman for the, from the Counting Crows, really, I think, didn't he hear about this from another musician, or didn't he see it on a video, or hear an interview? I thought that was the story. Yeah, Adam Duritz, the lead singer, he, I think he just saw a YouTube video um, of another band that played out here, and they finished the song, and the audience just kept singing and kept singing. They tried to finish the song and the audience wouldn't stop, you know, singing along. And he just was like, oh my gosh, that's so magical. I want to play in that <laughs> barn. Um, and he ended up at South by Southwest and talked to Sean Muller about it and said, I want to play that And that's that how barn. it worked. Yep. Yeah, that's really incredible. So again, that was the Counting, crow, counting Crows. <laughs> yeah. And then recently, Nathaniel Rateliff really has had so much press, and his music is heard everywhere. I actually came out here and heard him, and then one or two nights later, he was on Jimmy Kimmel, which was really crazy to yeah. think about seeing him <laughs> in this small barn outside Maquoketa, Iowa. Nathaniel came out here the first time in 2009, I believe, I think he played our second show, and so he had been out here four or five times before, so we knew him well, and we just wondered why more people weren't catching on about how great he was, uh -huh. and finally they did. When talking about their experience playing here at Codfish Hollow, many musicians say that your personal hospitality adds significantly to their experience and, and is a major reason why they want to come back. And one band member referred to you um, as a patron saint of the arts, which I thought was lovely. So what, so what do you do for these bands? Because I, I hear that you actually invite them into your home, that you prepare food for them. I mean, really quite an unusual experience, I'm sure, for these bands that are touring. Yeah, we just try to take care of them because they usually end up eating a lot of gas station food and crappy food while they're touring. Um, they come in, they stay overnight in my house a lot of times tonight. Um, well, maybe I'm not supposed to talk about tonight, but uh, um, tonight we've got Habibi and um, Twinsmith staying overnight, and they come to the house. They I give them my whole house. We end up sleeping in a camper or in a tent outside. I tell them make themselves at home, do your laundry if you want to, take a shower. <laughs> um, we make them supper and after-party food, and then in the morning if they stay overnight, we make them breakfast. That's amazing. So no wonder they want to come out here. 
Yeah. Some of them, they say they don't want to leave. They're like, we're just going <laughs> to live with you from now on. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> what, who are some of the bigger names that have played in your barn? And, and do you have a, a favorite performance or not? That's, that's probably a hard question to answer. Uh, we've had John C. Riley here. Um, Nora Jones came here and played. Amazing. I'm like, um, the Counting Crows, Edward Sharp, and the Magnetic Zeros, um, Nathaniel Rateliff. Um, part of REM, my husband and my favorite band, um, came out here and played um, with the Baseball Project. So that was like very special for us. And um, not a lot of people know him, but Mark Mulcahy, he was one of our favorites from high school. And it's like a dream come true when one of your favorite bands ever comes out here and plays your place. It's just, it's hard to describe. Well, and it's also just hard to wrap your brain around when you're a um, a visitor out here, when you are coming out and you see this well-known band, even if, it's, if they're not well-known um, regionally or nationally, if it's just really spectacular music, being out here in this setting um, is something really not to be missed. Your concert schedule generally runs April through October, and you've hosted a variety of weekend festivals. And I just uh, must say it takes a lot of energy, sweat, and hard work to make this happen. So what makes you do this, and what do you enjoy the most or find the most rewarding about hosting uh, concerts at Codfish? Um, we love music. We love art. Um, I don't know. Every, it's, it's a lot of hard work, but... When it all comes together and you see how happy the band members are and then you see how happy the fans are because the bands are happy, it just all comes together and it's worth it every time. Well, that's an easy segue into talk about the art. Heather, you organize the artists and let's talk about what you might find here on any given night. Um, well, before it used to be mainly 2D, 2D art um, and it was a lot of my friends um, I don't know, this is my fifth season, I guess, curating the artists out here. Um, and when I first came out and experienced the hollow with my friend Tom, it was like, these are my, these are my family. This is my, this is my, my people. And um, I, at the time, had just opened an art gallery and had heard that Tiff was having a hard time getting artists and getting it organized and getting them here and just managing that other animal and um, I had just opened up a gallery with about 20 other artists so I just started kind of bringing the art with me. Uh -huh. And where was that gallery? Um, in Mount Carroll, Illinois and um, it just kind of sprung from there. I just started reaching out to my friends and saying hey you know this is awesome you need to experience it and they kind of blow me off at first until they you know, really do make that jump and come out and they're just like, wow, this is, say, this is where I want to yeah. be. Holy say, what crap. What, what was, I didn't even know what I was missing. And, um, so, um, every show we usually have somewhere between 10 and for the festivals, we've had as many as 35 different artisan vendors. Um, we try to stick mainly to uh, handmade and made by the artist artisan themselves. Um, so we're not, you know, we're, we're giving the, the guests an experience of their art as well, a different kind of art, you know, the music along with the uh, creative art. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's really a great pairing, I think. Um, so, so you are a professional artist, and what, what is your area of, of expertise? What... What do you like to 
to work with? Uh, mainly, I'm a multimedia artist. Um, I, I teach elementary art, so I'm always working with different materials with the kids. So I'm always constantly shifting my material use to um, with my own work. But uh, I mainly use whatever comes to me and put it right back out so it's uh, useful. And um, I guess you'd call me an assemblagist or a junk artist. <laughs> Because I just take stuff and think about it and recreate and it and then recycle yeah, it out. That's perfect. That's perfect. And it's really so fun. So the 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 most of the artists are below the barn. The barn itself um, is kind of where the music is is upstairs. And you walk around to the right down this gentle slope, and then below you'll see the artists um, spread out through this courtyard area, um, and then also underneath. Um, the barn where there is another bar. So there's just so much to see. There was also a separate art gallery that was functional until this last year, but I understand it's no longer being used because of some structural concerns. Uh, that itself was pretty amazing, and that was uh, actually the house I believe Tiffany, right, your grandfather was um, was born in. Well, we hope that gets up and going again at some point if that's if that's possible. Heather, so you arrive in style. You you show up in your Volkswagen um, van. That's it, That itself is a work of art. Yeah, 1970s Volkswagen bus. <laughs> and it's covered completely outside and in with with decals and stickers and yeah just stuff I come across yes my total soul stuff I come across in my travels and um it just came up on my Facebook feed that three years ago I started painting her and now she the outside shell is completely painted um which I did over the last three years I guess yeah well that's that's just a, a great a great project um and just contributes so much to this being a venue that people from all walks of life and all ages love um so you you're continually working to to improve the experience uh, i was so glad when you built the stage several years ago do you have other projects now on your wish list um yeah we do uh we're trying to haul one of my grandpa's old sheds up here um we hauled one of his old sheds and that's where we store our beer we're going to haul another one up and um, fix up the ticket area so the ticket takers don't have to sit underneath their little tent anymore and they actually have a building they can use. And we're going to try to find an old uh, corn crib and uh, turn that into the upper bar. Um, yeah, there's there's always things that we wanted to clean out the big red shed so we can put... We're going to have another space for artists here sometime this summer. Yeah. And uh, don't we have a roof fund going on as well? Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. Well, all th all of that work really contributes to something that is really a uniquely Iowan experience. Um, so Tiffany Beal and, and Heather Housingay, thank you so much for talking today. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And, and thanks for creating this Codfish Hollow experience for us. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> for those listeners who've not been yet, log on to codfishhellobarnstormers.com or the Codfish Hollow Facebook page to see their upcoming schedule. Catch a tractor trailer ride down the hill with Marvin. Bring a long chair or blanket if you prefer to sit outside and check out all of the artists. Of course, there's always good music, but most of all, it's the unexpected beauty of this local treasure that you won't want to miss. This has been Carolyn Martin of Talking Art in the Quad Cities for WVIK. Our theme music is provided by a Quad City legend, the late Ellis Cal.